Sponsored by Rabbi Shlemi and Mirla Greenwald. This is a sicha from Lakota Sichas, Chilikid Beis, Parshas Bukhukesai Sicha Beis. And the topic of the sicha is that in this week's parsha, we learned the Posuk by Meiser Behema, where it says, and we learned the teaching of Rashi on this Posuk. And there are five parts in the sicha. The rebel, number one, explain what Rashi seems to be saying. Number two, ask five questions on Rashi. Number three, present the key. And that is, we're going to present what Rashi is coming to explain. We're going to understand what it is that Rashi is coming to explain in this Pasuk. Number four, based on this, answer all five questions. And number five, present the Nyanam of Flame in Halacha and the Yenish Torah in this Rashi. In the Dinam of Meiser Behema, at the end of our parsha, on the pasuk of Loyevakar being Tevlara, so we're talking over here about Meiser Behema, which in short is that from every ten animals a person has to give one to Meiser. And the way it works, let's say a person has exactly ten animals, he puts them into a pen, and then he lets them go out through a small door, and they pass under a stick that he's holding, and then the tenth animal, the person hits with a stick that has a red dye on it, and that animal is Meiser. And what happens with Meiser is that if it doesn't have any mum, then it's brought up as a carbon, and the person himself gets to eat the animal. And there are certain rules about eating it that can be eaten for two days and one night, and only in Yerushalayim. So it says over there, Le'yavakar bin Toiv so Rashi quotes, Le'yavakar ve'goymer, and he explains, Le'fishinemar, because it says in Chumash Dvarim, in Parshas Re'e, V'chol mivchanidrechem, that we learn from there that a person should give his karbanas from the very best of what he has. So So you think maybe over here the person chooses and takes out the best animal for the Maiser Behema. Talmud Leimer, that's what the puzzle comes to teach us. A person should not be mevaker, shouldn't choose between the good and the bad. Rashi continues, Bein tam bein bal mum. Whether it's a tam or a balmum, chala olav gdusha, the gdusha will rest upon this animal. And then he explains further, velayshi yikrav balmum, and we don't mean to say that this animal will be brought as a carbon if it's a balmum, meiser, but rather that it's eaten as meiser, and it's forbidden to shear the animal's wool, the the wolf and the animal, and to work the animal. And we'll see how we're going to analyze all the different parts of this Rashi. So when we look at this Rashi, it looks like there are two parts to it. Rashi says, first, in Talmud because it says, we would think you're able to choose and take out the best one. Talmud teaches us, you don't choose the best animal. And then Rashi says that whether it's a balmum, whether it's a tam or a balmum, it has a gudusha, not that it gets, not that it's brought as a carbon, but just that it's eaten terus meiser and you can't cut off the wool and work with it. So it seems like there's two parts. First, what you would think and the teaching from our Pasuk, and then it's continuation about a tam and a balmum. So the beginning of this teaching of Rashi until where it says, Talmud Leimer, Le'evakir bin Tevlara, is from the Tayyar's Kanim. The rest of the Rashi is from Gemara. However, it's known that it's not the way of Rashi to copy teachings of Razal unless it's necessary for the simple understanding of the Psukim. And so that's what we have to see over here. What's 
Rashi, in what way is this necessary in the simple understanding of the Pesukim? So, we can explain simply, the reason Rashi brings this teaching is because it's not understood why the Pasuk needs to warn Lo Yevakir bin Tev why does the Pesach have to warn us of this? It already says, V'chol ma'asar boker v'tsayin, kol asher yavar tachas ha'shavet, ha'asiri yiyakaydash l'ashem. That's the Pesach right before this one. Which indicates that the person shouldn't select which one should be ma'asar. It says, kol asher yavar tachas ha'shavet, anyone that goes under. Also doesn't say the one that he puts under, the one that goes under by itself. So why does the Pasuk need to warn It already tells us to do it in such a way that the person is not choosing. That's the difficulty that Rashi has over here. And therefore Rashi explains because it says that the carbonus you bring should be from the choicest of what you have. Therefore, in order to negate the thought that one should select the best animal over here, Rashi says, Talmud Leimer, the t- Pasuk tells us, person should not take the best one. But according to this, this explanation of Rashi, the end of Rashi isn't understood. From when Rashi says, that part's not understood. Because the end and the beginning of Rashi don't relate as we'll see. So what we're going to lead now into are five questions. There's going to be two questions that relates specifically to this last point here, but according to this, the end of Rashi isn't understood because the end and the beginning don't relate to one another. There's going to be two questions that come from this. And then separately, there will be three other questions on Rashi independent of this explanation that we just gave. And there are five questions here. And as we can see, the first two questions relate to the explanation we just gave. And the last three questions, they're questions directly on Rashi himself. And the first question is, and we're going to say it first, not the way it's presented in the Sikha, just to try to make it a little more clear. When we read Rashi, what Rashi is telling us is that since it says, so you would think that a person is obligated to choose and take out the nicest, the best of the ten animals as miser. Talmud Leimer, the puzzle comes to tell us, that a person should not do this. He should let the animals go out as they go out. However, the question is over here, if we didn't have Leivakar, what would we think? That a person is supposed to choose the best one. But what if they didn't choose the best one? They didn't listen to this. We would just think they didn't listen. They didn't do what they should do. But the animal is still going to be Maeser. They just didn't do it the right way. We wouldn't think that it's a requirement to the extent that if the person didn't fulfill taking the best, then it's not miser. We would say it is miser, but the person didn't do it in the exact way they were told to do it, which was to take the best. They didn't take the best, so whatever came out, it wasn't the way they should have done it, but it will be miser. But the way Rashi writes it is in such a way that's implied that our Pasuk is teaching us that it becomes miser. And otherwise we wouldn't know. Because what does Rashi say? Talmud Leimar, the Pasuk tells us, You shouldn't choose. And that Bain Tam and Bain Balmum, It will become Kaidish. As if otherwise we wouldn't know it comes Kaidish. Why would we ever say that? From It shouldn't lead us to say that if the person doesn't take the best one, it's not Kaidish. It would just lead us to say that that's the way it should be done. But if the person didn't do it that way, of course it'll be Kaidish. It just the person didn't do it. In the, in the best possible way, in the right way. But the animal is Kaidish. 
from where does Rashi take the understanding? It seems like he takes this understanding that from the alone, we would say he doesn't have Kedusha. And Talmud Leimer, Leivakar teaches us, don't choose and it will have Kedusha, even if it's, whether it's a Tam or a Balmum. The second question is, Rashi starts by talking about a Yafa, which means a, a good animal, a shmena, a healthy animal, and then he ends with talking about a tam, which just relates to it not having any blemish, any mum. And over here we're missing a little piece that's not written out over here. When we look at the original thought in Rashi, says you think you take out the best. Over here we're obviously not talking about a balmum, because we're talking about bringing a carbon. A carbon can't be brought from a balmum. So obviously, we're talking about two options that are not a balmum. One of them is that the animal is a yafa, a nice animal, a good animal, or you could say a shmena, a healthy animal. And the other one is an animal that's a raw. It's a, it's a bad animal. It's a khusha. It's a weak animal. So those are the two options. So clearly, that's what the beginning of Rashi is talking about. Yafa versus raw. A good animal, a healthy animal, a shmena versus a bad animal, an animal that's not so healthy or what we call a khusha. And so this leads to two questions. Number one, why does Rashi end by discussing a tam and a balmum? We're not talking about a tam and a balmum. We're talking about a yafa and a ra'a or a shmena and a khusha. We're talking about whether it's a healthy, strong, good animal or it's a weak and not such a good animal, a bad animal. So why does Rashi switch to Tam and Balmum? And number two, the second question is, how do we know that even by a Balmum, it's Chala Olof Gdusha? If the Pasik's not talking about a Balmum, it's talking about an animal that does not have a Mum, it's just distinguishing whether it's a good animal or, or a bad animal, whether it's a healthy and strong animal or it's an unhealthy and weak animal. So all we know is that animals that could be brought as a carbon, just one is healthy, one is not as healthy, that by them there's a Kedusha. But how do we know that also if the animal's a Balmum, that the Kedusha will take effect on it? The third question is, Rashi quotes from the Pasuk, Loyevaker v'goymer. So the only words he quotes from the Pasuk are Loyevaker. The other words, the next words being Tevlara, he only hints to with v'goymer. But then in his teaching, he writes out fully the whole Pasuk, he says, Le'evakir bin Tevlara. Rashi says, Talmud Leimer. The Pasuk teaches us, he didn't say Le'evakir v'gamer, he says, Le'evakir bin Tevlara. It would make more sense that when he quotes from the Pasuk, he should quote every part that's relevant. And over here we find the reverse. When he, Rashi quotes from the Pasuk, he only quotes Le'evakir and then he says v'gamer. And then when he brings the Pasuk, he says, but that's what the Pasuk tells us, Le'evakir bin Tevlara. So what's the explanation for this? The fourth question is, we have to understand the end of the words of Rashi. Rashi says that it's Bain Tam, Bain Balmum, Chala Olof Gdusha, and then he explains, Veloishi Yakriv Balmum. And so the question is that these words, Veloishi Yakriv Balmum, seem to be extra, because it already says in the Torah beforehand, clearly, that that if it has a move, you can't you, mum, you can't bring it as a carbon. So why does Rashi have to tell this to us? It's obvious. It seems like these words are extra. It would seem that Rashi should just say, 
and then tell us, Of course it's not brought as a carbon. And the fifth question is, from where does Rashi know in Pshutishul Mikra both details that this animal that's a Balmum and is Meiser, it's both Yeachal Bateris Meiser, to be eaten Bateris Meiser, and also Vaasarli Gazes Valeovid. You can't take off the wool, you can't shear the wool and do any work with it. From where does Rashi know both of these details in Pshutishul Mikra? Now we're going to move on to the key of the Sikha. And the key of the Sikha over here is to understand why Rashi is saying this teaching at all. What is it that's really bothering Rashi over here that he's coming to explain? And once we understand that, then everything else will fall into place and all the questions will be answered. So the explanation of all of this is as follows. The word Yavakar in our Pasuk, when it says Lo Yavakar bin Tevlera, can be explained in two ways. It can either mean birr, to choose, and in our case it would be to choose and remove one animal from the ten in the group. So the person would choose, let's say, the best animal, or possibly the worst animal. Or it can mean bikairas, which means to examine. And in our case it would mean to examine the whole group. What does that mean practically? Meaning that all ten animals in the group should be examined, and the person will do to them as he wants to do to them. So, for example, simply what the person would do is place a mum in each animal. Now, according to Allah, it's mutter for a person to examine his group of animals and make a mum in each one, and then automatically the tenth one will have a mum. And so it's understood that also the reverse, which is to make sure that all the animals are yafis, that the person will make sure that all the animals in the this group of animals are healthy, and strong animals is allowed, and then automatically the tenth one will be a Yaffa, will be a Shemena. Now, so there we have these two options, and we spoke a little bit about Bikaris. Now, the simple understanding of the Psukim of Layavakir being Tevlara, so it would mean Birr. That's what it means simply. That person shouldn't choose the Bain Tev, that it should be a good one. However, it already says, like we said earlier, which indicates that a person may not choose one animal from among the others in the group, because it says, whatever goes under, and it's, it goes under by itself, not that the person does it. And therefore, it makes more sense, based on this, that when it says, it means, it and it's saying that the person shouldn't make all the animals in the group to be the same, whether they should all be with a with a mum, or whether they should all be healthy. The Pasuk is telling a person not to do this. This is what we would think without Rashi. And now we'll understand why there is this teaching of Rashi, and based on that, all the questions will be answered, as we'll see that this is now going to lead into the answer. So now we're going to begin with the main point of the answer, which is really simply to understand what's the main thing Rashi is coming here for. And we're also going to answer part of question three, which is how come at the beginning Rashi quotes from the Pasuk only Loyavakar, then he says Vagamer, and then later Rashi says Loyavakar bin Tevlara. He also says the end, he says, Talmud Leymar, Le'evakir bin Tevlara. We're only going to answer part of that third question. We're going to answer why in the quote from the Pasuk, Rashi only quotes the words, Le'evakir. 
and being Tevelara, he only hints to with Vigamer. So that's what we set up to now is what we would think is that Le'evakar over here must mean Bikiris, that a person shouldn't arrange that all the animals in the group are the same. However, Rashi is coming to teach that Le'evakar means Birur. It actually means not to choose. And that's why Rashi only quotes the words Le'evakar, because the main thing he's coming to explain, that's the main thing he's coming to explain, which is what are the meaning of these words? So, in other words, when we're reading the Pasuk, we're thinking, based on our understanding, Le'evakar must mean Bikiris. So Rashi quotes the words Le'evakar, because he says, I want to tell you these words don't mean Bikiris. It doesn't mean to examine the animals to make sure they're all the same. It means not to choose. That's why he quotes just the words Le'evakar. So why does he also write Vagamer? And it's just that the proof for his explanation is from the next words, that's the proof for what Le'evakar means. And therefore he hints to them with Vagamer. So what's the explanation here? Why does Rashi say Le'evakar means to choose? And it's learned from the words Beforehand, when the Torah teaches about separating an animal for a carbon, when a person separates an animal for a carbon, so it says, A person shouldn't exchange it, he shouldn't swap it, not toiv bera and not rabba toiv. And according to this in our Pasuk, if we explain that layavakar bin toiv lara means bikairis, a person shouldn't examine the animals and make sure that they're all the same, then why does it only say layavakar bin toiv lara? That a person shouldn't make sure that they're all taiv. It should add, like beforehand, also bein ra'al Because just like a person may not make all the animals yafis, he can't do bein taiv lara to make sure they're all taiv. A person may also not make all the animals rice bein ra'al So it should have said both ways. And since it only says le'yavakar bein taiv lara, so this proves that it means birur, that it's telling a person not to choose the good, a good animal from among all the others. And if you ask, why would we say that it's mutter to choose and remove the yafa? Why would I? Why would a person say that that's permitted? We said the pasuk already indicates it should be done automatically. Whatever goes under, that's the one, and it shouldn't be done by the person. So therefore, Rashi explains. Since it says that your your karbonus should be from the choicest of what you have, so you'd think person should choose and take out the nicest one, the best one. Talmud Lemer, the Pazit tells us, you should not. And that's how you're supposed to read it. Rashi doesn't mean to say Talmud Lemer, just Talmud Lemer, don't choose. We'll see about being Tevil in a moment. And therefore, the pasuk doesn't add over here bein rala tayv. It only says bein tayv lara, because since it already says kolashar yaver tachas hashevet asiri yia kaidish lashem, which, as we explained, means that a person shouldn't do anything. It's which everyone goes under. So there's no place to say that one may choose which animal to take out, because it says whichever one goes, that's the one. Why would a person make a mistake here? If it's only mistake a person can make is that he could take the best one out. 
because you have the possible that it should be the choicest. So a person would never think that they could choose which animal to take out if not for the pasuk of which only talks about choosing the yafa, the best one. So that's the only thing that needs to be addressed. That although it says the animal should be from the choicest, comes the pasuk and says, a person should not choose to take the the good one from the bad ones. That's the only thing that needs to be addressed. But that a person shouldn't take the bad one out, of course the person can't take the bad one out. The Pazik says that it should be whichever one goes out. The only possibility a person would still think is maybe take the best one out because we have a different Pazik. That's what the Pazik comes and tells us here. Don't do that. Don't take the best one out. Whichever one comes out, that should be the one that's my sir. Now we're going to move on to answering questions 1, 2, and part of 3 that wasn't still fully answered. So question 1 was, why do we need to learn from this Pasuk that it will have Gdusha? As if otherwise we would think that if the person didn't choose the best, it won't have Gdusha, that it's Li'ikuva. It must be the best. And otherwise, if a person didn't listen, it's not just that they didn't listen, but the animal wouldn't have Gdusha. So therefore Rashi has to tell us, that bain tam bain balmum What's the reason we would ever think otherwise? The second question was: Rashi starts off talking about a good animal as in a healthy, strong shmena, as opposed to a weak, unhealthy krusha, and then he at the end talks about a tam and a mud. And then the third question that still has to be addressed here is: How come in Rashi itself he says layevaker, and he also quotes from the pasuk bain tev so we're going to answer all of those together. However, there's a difficulty over here. Rashi said his main explanation, which is that it means to choose. And why do we need to be told not to choose? Because you can make a mistake from the Pasuk of However, there's still a difficulty. Since is only coming to negate not to say to choose the best one, you shouldn't choose, then it would have been enough to write just write and nothing more. There's no need to add because also then we would be forced to say it's teaching not to choose the Yafa because there's no other thought we would have. Of course you can't choose the Ra because it says just whichever one comes out. The only thing you can make a mistake and say choose the Yafa because it says so also then we would be forced to say it's teaching not to choose the Yafa. And so the words are extra and from this Rashi proves that being Tevlara is adding another matter. So it's almost like Rashi is not saying ta- it's almost like Rashi is saying a second teaching here. Rashi is not saying Talmud Leimar Loyevaker being Tevlara. He's saying Talmud Leimar Loyevaker. Then Rashi is starting a new thing. Being Tevlara, what does that teach us? It's teaching us something else because there's no need for those words. And that's the, what he's teaching us is another matter, that of Tam and Balmum. So it's a whole new teaching. So you can't ask, we would think that there's no Gdusha. This is a whole new teaching. Rashi is telling us the words being Tevil around. Let me tell you what they teach you. It's not related to the first part of Rashi. We thought it's related. So we thought Rashi is continuing. And then we had a question. Why does he start with a healthy versus unhealthy animal? And then he moves to a Tam and Balmum. If it's one continuation, that's a question. And if it's one continuation, then you have a question how come Rashi quotes this ex, these extra words from the Pasuk, which he doesn't quote at the beginning? And if it's one explanation, you have a question at the beginning. He says, So this Pasuk teaches us, no, you don't have to, and you're not allowed to choose, and it'll have Gdusha. We're learning it, it will it'll have Gdusha. You would think it doesn't have Gdusha. That's not what's happening here. It's a whole new teaching. The first teaching is done with. 
Rashi tells us, because it says, you think to pick the best one, don't pick the best one. That part of Rashi is complete. It's finished. We're done with it. Now Rashi is coming to address something else. He's telling us, since the words seem to be extra, what do we learn from them? We learn from them about a tam and a balmum. That whether an animal is a tam or a balmum, it has gedusha. It's nothing to do with the first part of Rashi. And then he says, and as we'll see the rest of Rashi, how it's spoken about, that not that it's brought as a carbon, but that you have to eat a bitteris meiser and you can't take off the wool and you can't do work with it. So this answers to us the questions about the second part of Rashi, that it's a whole new Rashi, and as a result, it's not a question, how does Rashi switch? It's a whole new teaching. And so from this, Rashi proves that being Tevlara is adding another matter, because it's extra, the matter of Tam and Balmum. And the Pasuk is coming to teach us Bain Tam, Bain Balmum, Cholo Olav Gdusha. When the Pasuk says Bain Tevlara, it's teaching about a whole other thing, that whether animal is a Tam or a Balmum, it has Gdusha. And even though a Balmum may not be brought on the Mizbeach, and the Gdusha of Meiser is to be brought on the Mizbeach, Nevertheless, we learn from Bain Tevlara that also Balmum has Kedusha. So that's the second teaching of Rashi that Bain Tevlara teaches us. Bain Tam and Bain Balmum Cholo Olav Kedusha. And the Chiddush is that even though a Balmum can be brought on the Mizbech, and the, the Kedusha of Meiser is primarily about being brought on the Mizbech, nevertheless, Bain Tevlara teaches us that a Balmum has Kedusha. Now we're going to move on to answer questions four and five. And all of this is under the understanding that we have a whole new teaching of Rashi here that he's telling us that the words Bain Tevilara teach us that Bain Tam, Bain Balmum, Chala Olav Gdusha. Our questions four and five were why does Rashi say Veleshi Yaakov Balmum? Of course it's not going to be brought as a carbon. We already know that. We learned that clearly. And also, how does Rashi know? that it's in two things. First of all, that it's eaten by Teres Meiser, and also that you can't take off the wool or work, do work with the animal. So we're going to continue to that now. And it's just that it's Kedusha is Loish Yikr Balmum Ela Ye'achal B'Teres Meiser V'Oser Ligazes V'Le'Ovid It's not brought on the Mizbech because it is a Balmum, but rather it's eaten by Teres Meiser and you can't take off the wool to do work with it. What is Rashi saying here? An explanation for this is as follows. In the Gdusha of the 10th animal, Bain Tam, Bain Balmum, in this teaching of Rashi, now it says about Meiser, Yiyya Kodesh. And also in the previous Pasuk of Meiser, it says, Hasiri, Yiyya Kodesh Lashem. The word Yiyya implies, the word Yiyya means that in addition to the Gdusha that it gets, that's Chol on it, there also has to be an action of Gdusha. There's an action of Gdusha associated with it. It's not just some Gdusha that rests on it, that takes effect on it, but there's an action aspect to it. And like Rashi says on Yiyah in the previous Pasuk, he says that there's an action related to it, that Likrav Lamizbeach, that it should be brought in Mizbeach, Domoy, Ve'emurav, its blood, and the different parts of the animal, Va'abasar Nechal Abaylam, and the meat is eaten by the owners. So you see that there's an action related to the Gdusha of Meiser. And this is a of action of Gdusha, something active that's done, that is placed on the person to do something from when the animal 
got its Kedusha. That means right when the Kedusha rests on the animal, it's associated with a certain action that the person is obligated to do. However, regarding a Baalmum, it's not understood. How can we say by it, because it says, by all the things in the Pasuk, and Bain Tev Lara refers to Bain Tam and Bain Baalmum. So what's the Yia Kedish there? Meaning, how can we do with it a of action of Dusha if it's not brought on the Mizbech? And therefore Rashi adds, V'loishi Yikrav Baalmum. That's what Rashi is saying, V'loishi Yikrav Baalmum. It's not coming to teach us that you can't bring a Baalmum. Of course you can't. He's coming to now answer this question. It says, Yia, what's the action? So he explains, V'loishi Yikrav Baalmum, which is the main of action of Dusha. That's the main thing whenever we talk about Dusha by a Meiser animal. But rather, that this is also a chiyuv action of Gdusha. To eat it, as we'll see later what that means, but there's a positive aspect to it. To eat it, so this answered our question, why does Rashi say, it's not that he's telling us a chiddush, it's not brought as a balmum, of course it can't be brought as a balmum, but he's coming to address a question here. It says, there's an action, a chiyuv action that must be associated with it. What is it? So Rashi tells us the main one, which is that it should be brought as a carbon. Obviously, it's not what it means. So he's leading into saying, so what is it? Instead, it's eaten b'teres meiser. However, this is not enough because it's only possible to eat it b'teres meiser after shechita, and not right when it gets its gedusha. And the shechita is not part of the mitzvah, so the mitzvah only takes effect after shechita. And we said it has to be immediately. Right when it gets the Gdusha, when the Gdusha is chal on it. So therefore Rashi adds, Osir ligazes vile ovid. That you can't take off the wool and you can't do work with it. Because one has to be careful with this Gdusha right when it gets its Gdusha. From that moment on, person can't take off the wool and can't do work with the animal. However, so why doesn't Rashi just say that? Why does he also say that? And, and he also puts it as number two. However, it's understood that this isn't enough because it's not a chi of action of Kedusha. It's not something positive, like bringing it as a carbon, eating it, those are positive things. But rather, just a shlilo, something you shouldn't do. So it takes effect immediately, the Kedusha is here, and it affects your actions, what you shouldn't do, but there's no positive chi of action associated with it. It's just a shlilo. And therefore, the first thing is that Rashi says, a positive action. But because of what it's lacking, that it's not immediate, it's only after the shkita, therefore Rashi adds another thing which happens right away, although it's not positive, but it happens right away that a person cannot take off the wool and can't do work with it. Now we're going to move on to the Inyanim Mufloim and Allah and Rashi, and then to the Yenushal Torah and Rashi. So from the Inyanim Mufloim and Allah and Rashi, we still have to understand what is what does this Gdusha of a Baal Mum that we say about it, the Ochel Beteris Meiser, should be eaten Beteris Meiser. What does that mean? That it should be eaten Beteris Meiser? That it should be Nechol Yamim Velayla Echor, that it's only eaten for two days and one night, is only by a Tam. That was brought as a carbon and not a balmum. That it's nechol b'chola ear of Yerushalayim only is also only by a time that was brought as, by, as a carbon and not a balmum. And we can't say it's that it's it's not allowed to be sold in a butcher's market, like it says in the Mishnah. And it can't be weighed by the litra, which is the way regular meat is treated. It's sold in a butcher's market and it's weighed this way because it's only something of shlila. It's a it's a negative thing. So 
it's not a chiyuv. And also it's not about eating it, it's about selling it and weighing it. And from Rashi we see that it's something of chiyuv, not shlila, and it's something of eating. So that's not good enough, besides for the fact that some say that this whole thing is only midirabana, not minatera. That he can't sell it in a butcher's market and weigh it by the litra. So what is this thing of ye'achol b'teres meiser? So we must say that it means literally, exactly what it sounds like, that the eating has to be b'teres meiser, that the person has to have in mind the kavana, that they're eating meiser. And the Rebbe points out that this is seemingly a big chiddush that's not found anywhere else. This, inyon, this is the inyonim of flame and Allah and Rashi, that it comes out that a person, when he eats a he eats the meiser, that's a balmum, that the person has to have in mind, has to have kavona, that they're eating meiser. From Yeno Shaltera and Rashi, it's explained in Chassidus that in the zikuch of physical things, the refinement of physical things and their elevation to Kedusha, there are a number of levels. There are physical things that were just prepared to be used for a mitzvah, but a mitzvah was not yet done with them. Like, for example, when a person prepares wool for tzitzis and cloth for tefillin, and so on. And then higher than this is after a mitzvah was done with the item. That the zikuch that's done in them while doing the mitzvah, which is the highest zikuch, to do a mitzvah with something, remains in them even afterwards. And within this itself, there's a distinction. There is the higher level of tashmish e'kdusha, something which is actually a holy object, like tefillin, a sefer a mezuzah, and then there's Tashmish Mitzvah, which, as the Gemara says in Megillah, is not as great like if a person does a mitzvah with an object, like a person uses a lulav for a mitzvah. It's not a dovish of it's not a holy item, it's a lulav. But a person did a mitzvah with it. So you have the lower level is that it was prepared, and then you have the higher level that a mitzvah was done with it, and within that itself you have the lower level that it was used to do a mitzvah, and the higher level that it's Tashmish Gdusha. And then there's even more is by is by something physical, another level, this is like a lower level, is by something physical that the mitzvah isn't done with the object itself, but that a mitzvah is done through them. Not like a lulav, that you do a mitzvah with a lulav, but you use the object to do a mitzvah through it, like money used to give tzedakah, where we can't compare the money from the way it was before to after a mitzvah was done with it. And even more, the amazing impact that the Alter Rebbe talks about in Tanya, that the money elevates all the other money that it was taken from. And according to that, we could, it would come out to say that the tenth animal uplifts all the other nine. And the Rebbe says that we still have to look into a dying sarachin about that. So we have over here all these different levels of making an impact on physical things related to a mitzvah whether it's that a mitzvah wasn't done with it, but through it, or that it's being prepared to do a mitzvah with it, and that a mitzvah is already done, and whether a mitzvah is done with it, or it's even a dover shebe as a result of the mitzvah, like by a sefer terah, tefillin, and a mezuzah. And the reason for this, that we see this zikuch of physical things and their elevation to Kedusha in all these different ways is because this is the Chiddush of Ma'an Terah. Ma'an Terah brought about that that the Kedusha could come down here and the world down here could be elevated to Kedusha. That through doing a mitzvah, the Kedusha actually has an impact on the physical things. 
And this is hinted to in Rashi, that not only by a tam is there a positive kdusha, that it's brought on the Mizbeach, where then you see a positive aspect of Kedusha in the thing, but rather even a Balmum. It's not just that that you can't take off the wool and do work with it, which is like Tashmishim Mitzvah, something which a Mitzvah was done with, like your Lulav, that you can't mistreat it, but you don't really see the Kedusha in it. It's even more, but also Ye'ochel Bateris Meiser, which is a positive thing, similar to like a dovish of a kedusha, higher than the tashmisha mitzvah. You did a mitzvah with it, so it's holy, but you don't see anything palpable. A piyalacha can be thrown in the garbage. That would be like osi the gazes vele of it. You can't, you can't treat it that way because because a mitzvah was done with it, but it doesn't really have such a great kedusha in it. When we say also yachal b'teres meiser, which is something which is active. That's a revealed aspect of Kedusha. That's the Yenishal Torah and Rashi, that we're talking about a palpable Kedusha, not just a Kedusha that's out of respect and not to mistreat something, but it's an active and chiyuv thing, that there's a palpable living Kedusha in the thing, like we like we said, that that comes from Matan Torah, when the Kedusha could come into the world, and the world could be elevated to Kedusha. And we conclude with another matter in the Yenish Torah and Arashi. It's known in regards to Surmeira and Asaytoiv. Surmeira going away from doing Averis and Asaytoiv doing mitzvahs that the main Hamshachas Gdushas Alakus, the main bringing down of Alakus into the world is through Asaytoiv. And it's just that in order to draw down Alakus through the Asaytoiv, you first need Surmeira. Like the famous marshal, when the king's coming somewhere, first you have to remove all the dirt, and then you can bring in the nice furniture. So it's a prerequisite. It's something that has to be there beforehand, but the main amshachas is through the asetev. And this is what Rashi hints to in the order of things. He says, First he explains the main purpose of the Aveda, which is which is something it's the asetev. It's something active, something that you do. And afterwards, he talks about the Surmira, which is just an introduction and secondary to the Amshachas Alakus, meaning that even though the actual order is that first one must be careful with Surmira, and afterwards is Asay Taiv, but in Rashi, which is Yenishal Torah, Yenishal Torah means where the primus of each thing is emphasized. So Rashi, he emphasizes the main part of the Aveda, which is to make a Dira Loyazbarach Betachtainim. Through Asay Taiv, the Amshachas, which which brings about the dear betachtenim. You could also say, on a simple level, that Rashi says the vaday before the suffolk. That's a vaday that you have to eat it. That person is obligated to do this, to eat of it. Whereas to take off the wool or not to do work with it is only a suffolk. If it'll come up that it has wool, that a person will have work. So he's being told, don't take off the wool, don't do the work. So that's on a simple level. Now, even though Surmira is only an introduction and preparation to Amshachas Alakus through Asaytayv, so it's secondary, and Rashi mentions it second, but there's something we could see interesting about the Surmira, that nevertheless a person has to be careful by Surmira in all the details, and it's in two matters, both in the main things, which is like working with the animal, the actual animal itself, and also there's things that seem to be secondary, which is like the wool. The wool is like here, it's secondary to the to the animal. So even though we're saying the main thing is Asetev, and Rashi communicates that, but in the Surah Mirai, it tells us two things. 
Rashi is telling us about the extent that a person has to be careful with the Sur Mirah, both in the, in the main things, which is like working the animal itself, and also the things that seem to be secondary, which is like the wool. And through being careful in the Sur Mirah, in all details, then the Amshachas al will be done properly through the Asay Toiv, which we said that's what brings about to make a Dura Lo Yizbarach Betachtoinim.